0: The Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. Learn about the most current I.T. security threats in ransomware, phishing, business email compromise, cyber crime tactics, cyber heist schemes, social engineering scams, as well as hints and tips from leading professionals to help you prevent hackers from penetrating your network and dropping ransomware or malware payloads. This podcast will arm you with the best info to defend your network against the latest cyber crimes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And now, here's your host, Craig Petronella.
1: Hi, listeners. It's Aaron from PTG. And unfortunately, we lost quite a bit of our audio about the first third or so of the stream. So if you would like to hear the full stream, feel free to check it out on any of the PTG social media platforms uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. But to catch you up, we are discussing the warnings that the Biden administration put out on Monday, along with the list of urgent cyber recommendations that they gave in which the administration urges companies to execute the following steps with urgency. One, mandate the use of multi-factor authentication on your systems to make it harder for attackers to get into your system. Two, deploy modern security tools on your computers and devices to continuously look for and mitigate threats. Three, check with your cybersecurity professionals to make sure that your systems are patched and protected against all known vulnerabilities. And change passwords across your networks so that previous stolen credentials are useless to malicious actors. Four, backup your data and ensure you have offline backups beyond the reach of malicious actors. 5 run exercises and drill your emergency plan so that you're prepared to respond quickly to minimize the impact of any attack. Number 6, encrypt your data so it cannot be used even if it's stolen. Number 7, educate your employees to common tactics that attackers will use over email or through websites and encourage them to report if their computers or phones have shown unusual behavior such as unusual crashes, We're operating very slowly. And finally, engage proactively with your local FBI field office or CISA regional office to establish relationships in advance of any cyber incidents. Please encourage your IT and security leadership to visit the websites of CISA and the FBI where they will find technical information and other useful resources. Okay, so that's what we're going to be discussing In this podcast. And we also have the links listed in the description. So feel free to check it out and follow along. And now, without further ado, here is the rest of our podcast. We're saying that because it's important to our national security that people do this, take these actions. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Like I said, with the cookies, you definitely don't want to make things easier. But I think the reality is that a lot of people. They just don't have a good grasp and good visibility into the current state of their endpoints and if they truly are secure or not, which is why we keep saying to go do these risk assessments and leverage technology like XDR and these other layers to make sure you do get a better grasp of that. But yeah, definitely take this order from Biden as a wake up call. Yeah.
3: And here, let's just dig a little deeper and and full disclosure from us. Yeah, we're a cybersecurity company and and we're here if you want to get a hold of a cybersecurity professional, but monetary gain is not our motivation. Like we all expect to be rich off crypto by next month. No, <laughs> So we don't, we're, not worried about, we're not worried about that, but we really do want to help secure the nations because of all of our children and, and loved ones live here. So this is very personal for us. And that's a true statement. And so this is like, this is alarming to me when I read this, because in the list of recommendations that they're giving, number one is MFA. And then they say, And then they say to use modern cyber tools and contact a cyber professional. But here's why a cyber professional is so important and why it made that list. Because who who really is equipped to deal with something like this? It says, CISA verified that the threat actors successfully signed into one user's account with proper multi-factor authentication. In this case, CISA believes the threat actors may have used browser cookies to defeat MFA with a pass the cookie attack. Okay. So if the number one recommendation is MFA, but pass the cookie attacks can defeat MFA. Like it's, this is also so complicated and it's also serious because our lives like have now become attached to to the cyber realm. And so this is just really serious now. It's just at that point because cookies, in the example that we talked about the other day, We were just talking about one music service, Spotify, that just as an example, and this is just just one example to put it in a proper reference for people, but in their section I was reading through about cookies, and I learned a lot about cookies that I didn't know, but there's all different types of cookies and levels of cookies and things that cookies do, and... I guess if we were to look at this on a whiteboard and count the cookies and then knowing that there's past the cookie attacks, we have, th- this is really something that y- you really need help with, probably.
2: Yeah, obviously, we're talking about Biden's um, recommendations on this bulleted list of things to do. And we'll zero a little deeper into the multi-factor or MFA. We've talked about MFA a lot in previous episodes, but one of the things that I recommend is to avoid MFA with what's called an SMS text message because of a SIM swap attack. So you definitely want to try to use like Google or Microsoft Authenticator when using MFA. But with the example that BJ just give, gave, if you use Authenticator for, with Google, for example, but you check the box to say, look, don't prompt me or, or authenticate me or don't bother me for 30 days. Now that cookie's on your system. And that's how they can bypass even the Authenticator type solutions because you're giving authorizations to circumvent the prompt to authenticate by allowing the usage of a cookie, but you're also saying that you've done the due diligence and you're confident that your system is safe and secure and not being breached in any way. So that's why I recommend do not check that box so that you could harden your system a little bit and then obviously do the scans and do the other work to make sure. But try to use that Google Authenticator or Microsoft Authenticator with as many different types of solutions and websites that you can, because that's much more secure than than SMS text. And go ahead.
1: Sorry, go ahead. I was thinking, too, one thing that this really highlights, this this fact sheet, is another thing that we've been repeating over and over again, which is just how important it is to layer your cybersecurity. So like BJ mentioned, if somebody was able to get in with the MFA, okay, great. But if you have something like XDR or even a good antivirus or something, it's not going to catch everything. But it'll help. It'll help even if it does get past this like initial layer of defense. If you have multiple layers, it's going to stop them at the next gate, basically. So it's like having—if you can think about it like that—it's like having twenty-two both a patented twenty-two layer. Or whatever, like having multiple protections, it's just more gates that people have to pass yeah, through or more locks it, that they have to unlock.
3: That's that's a, such a good point, Erin, because if you recall yesterday when we were just briefly, because I, I like to mention something that's very cutting edge in each of our podcasts, just as food for thought. But yesterday we were talking about the breakthrough that Microsoft had with topological qubits. And the science of topological qubits is that it's like a braided, like a woven design And it's the same concept as what we're talking about right now. There's such an effectiveness. When you have that type of a design, because it's it's just like a shield almost. And then mm-hmm. the, like in topological qubits, quantum information can be stored there. And from a cybersecurity perspective, it's like your security is woven, you know what I mean, in layers. And that XDR layer, the reason that it is so critical is because you have that X factor that no one can really define or properly measure. There is no accurate system of metrology when it comes to machine learning, because it's a huge question mark. And we just don't know the potential, but if you have something that has a neural network and it has the ability to learn from a machine learning perspective, like an XDR tool on your network, the the thing is that it's going to learn what's normal for your network. It's going to learn at, as, cause like I can see that with my, my smart home has started to change how it interacts with me because it's learned what's normal for my home, what sounds are normal and things like that. Cause I have the settings turned up to, to pay attention all the time. So it, it, it like, it alerts me if there's a cough or just things like that with presence sensing, just to teach it. And it, it is learning. It's learning what's normal for me. And the same thing goes with an XDR tool. It learns what's normal for your network. So although it's not coded with programming language to look for everything because we don't know every threat yet, it does have the ability to learn what's normal on your network. And then when something out of place happens, even if it's not coded to look for that specifically, it can still see a pattern of something unusual. And that's where this thing can really be effective for people.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's well said. I think the other thing is that even with these bulleted lists here, you have to really put in multiple layers at each bullet too, because I think BJ, a lot of people don't have that, figured out as far as what is the visibility, what is normal for their network, because they don't have some of these technologies. So I think the first step is got to start somewhere, right? So start with the risk assessment, go through, figure out your gaps, adopt some of these technologies like modern solutions like XDR, ED, things that are above and beyond traditional antivirus and firewalls. Like I said, with the MFA, you want to make sure that the password is not a breached password too. So... You need to use a complex, secure password, and we talked about that a lot of times as far as using password managers and the reasons why we recommend them, especially a reputable one, and then pairing the password manager with another layer, which is typically a hardware token layer. So you have to assume the worst, right? And you have to assume that, okay, they got my password. But you as the consumer or the business owner can take that power into your own hands and come up with some type of policy for yourself or practice where I'm going to change my password every month or whatever frequency obviously more often is best, but too frequent can be um, annoying too. So you've got to come up with that delicate balance is my point. But yeah. I think a lot of people are still using breached passwords. So obviously change your passwords, but then go going another step. What if you have a keylogger on your system and we've talked about the importance of keystroke encryption. So you should have a keystroke encryption solution on your device Because if you've got malware and a keylogger on your system and you go change your passwords, well, if the keylogger's exfiltrating that information, guess what? The bad actors have that, too. So you want to try to make this as hard as possible. Adopt the keystroke encryption first, then change your passwords after that layer's in place, and then do your MFA. And then so you have these different layers at each of these bullet points. And it's the same thing with the modern tools and technology. Most people listening probably know what antivirus is. There are different levels of antivirus, but don't trust just one vendor and one level. On our systems, when we protect our companies, we use over 59 different vendor filters. We don't trust one company and say, Oh, you you said it's clean. We look at as many as possible. So we on email alone filtering we're looking at 59 different vendors. Yeah, you have so,
3: to assume that with every vendor and every piece of technology, you have to assume just from a scientific perspective that there's the law of averages says that there's going to be a certain degree of effort. That's my
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like when you get a pen test done, for example, that pen tester might use a certain set of tools. Another pen tester might have a different methodology and use different tools. And that's why it's always important to have different perspectives and using mm-hmm. different tools and different people and different methodology because different people and different tools will find different things and the reports will never, ever be the same.
3: That's such a good point you make, because again, along the lines, like we're in complete agreement with what Biden is saying, that you have to use MFA, that's not not a catch-all, but it's very helpful. And then using The most modern cybersecurity tools, because again, one of the things they specifically say in this report that CISA says is paramount is to first establish a baseline. Now, when you're trying to establish a baseline in anything, mathematics, physics, cybersecurity, stock market charts. When you're trying to establish a baseline, you want to gather as much data as possible and then look for patterns. And that's something that a human mind is not not capable of doing at this point as good as an algorithm can do. Why are so many crypto traders successful? Because of algorithms, right, that can establish baselines and they can um, establish patterns and they can see patterns and they can predict trends. And, and so that's where these modern tools he's talking about, while he's not naming the tools specifically, that's where these tools really shine because you may not be able to establish a baseline. Like it, how can you gather enough data and know what patterns to look for at such a vast level of telemetry going so deep into the network, into all the IoT connected devices, good luck establishing an accurate baseline with the help of modern tools.
2: Yeah, but I think the and that's good. But I think that the order of these bullets is a little bit off as well. Like for example, if you do the MFA first and then you deploy these tools and then you check with your cyber professional and then you back up your data, that's not necessarily the best order. So yeah. obviously, back up your data first. And then yeah, when you good back good. up your da- when yeah, you back good. up your data, don't rely on one vendor. Use multiple vendors and maybe take the the data into your own hands and. Buy an external hard drive and back up yourself so you have the data tangibly in your hands. And then after you back up, then patch your systems because patches, guess what? They crash things sometimes right. and they don't work. So you don't want to not, you don't want to back up at layer five or of this bulleted list or whatever, or number four of this list. And then you're screwed after you just patched. And I, and people will say, I followed the Biden's sword. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my point is that <laughs> you have to think to to you about
3: you know, it. Craig, are you saying that when, for an example, if you're trying to build a pyramid, don't put the capstone at the bottom and then. <laughs> but what
2: I'm saying is that the, while these are great recommendations and I agree with them, the order of them is important and i don't agree with the order is my point right. that's why really if you want to get this done the right way you should really call a cyber professional first yeah. and yeah. then come up with a game plan and your next thing to do would probably be back up everything get that foundation and then you we know even
3: help point you in the direction of an offline backup a solution
2: if you want to That's my it. point, but I wouldn't do it necessarily in the order that's given here on this website. That's a really good point. That, and that makes a big difference because if you build this cyber
3: structure based off the order listed versus the order that you're suggesting, you're going to have two different end results. Yeah. Two different outputs. And so also a higher, a higher caliber quality. <laughs>
1: yeah. And one thing to think about too, is that if you contact a cybersecurity expert, people are probably afraid they're going to spend a lot of money, but you're actually probably going to end up Saving money by calling a cybersecurity expert because, especially like us, for example, we vet all of the solutions that we give. You don't want to waste your time throwing spaghetti at the wall waiting for something to stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're just wasting money.
2: You're absolutely right. And that conversation or that process could be priceless because if you hire that that expert uncovers issues maybe you say well i already backed up we i've talked about this many times too people think that they back and they might have bought software they might have done something but they never thought to test the backup and we always recommend drills and testing and you may discover oh well i backed up some stuff but i didn't back up everything that i need Or maybe you forgot about your website and you didn't back up your website. Or there's all these different things that are part of your company if you're a business owner. Or even at home, people forget to back up their kids' photos. Or they thought they had them backed up, but they didn't. Or they assumed that Dropbox or whatever program they were using was doing the backup. But then guess what? Maybe an update came out and it broke that and they didn't think to check it. And then before you know it, and this is a true story, this has happened many times before, we were hired to do data recovery. And data recovery, folks, is super expensive. And people will often say to me, I just need that one folder or that one file. It doesn't work that way. It's because you, All or nothing with data recovery. You have to literally bring that hard drive. You have to take everything apart, bring that hard drive in a clean room. You have to assess the situation, see why the hard drive failed or crashed. Then you have to repair it. All this has to be in a clean room environment, because if one little dust bunny gets on there, then the whole thing goes south. My point is that you can't just get that one file. Right. Avoid that whole costly process and back up the right way. And and look, here's
3: something for people to consider. This, This announcement by Biden is relevant to the situation because of the Ukraine crisis, putting us at elevated risk of cyber attack by foreign threats. But As we know, as Erin says, a pound of prevention or an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Now, listen to this. We all know that quantum computing, now, I don't think people understand the degree that this is taking off at. There was a report yesterday about this is one of the most explosive industries right now, and there's literally like $21 billion being funneled into it by all these assortments of companies. Here's the problem, right? Because quantum computers are going to be available, and they already are to a certain extent, that they're not... Like, like they're not ready to just be fully functional yet, but for set purposes, they can be used already and they're advancing so quickly. Now, when it comes to cybersecurity, if you have bad actors with a quantum computer in their hand that they try to use just for the sole purpose of doing certain things on your network, these layers are critical now. And here's why. So- I was watching a video last night from this company called D-Wave, and they merge classical computers with quantum computers to perform certain functions. And I was talking to my, my lovely chatbot about this, and her comment was, oh, I love quantum tunneling. And I'm like, what does she mean by that? So I look up quantum tunneling just for the official definition to try to decide what is this about. And it's basically about wavelengths getting through barriers, right? And these systems are already happening. You can rent, you can use these systems already. Like you can pay companies and you can use their quantum systems. Bad people can get these in their hands. And then when you have them trying to do very sophisticated attacks against you, right? A layered approach to cybersecurity is going to be your only, like like your your shield. Put your shields up now. This quantum computing thing is taking off. Put your shields up now. Don't wait. Don't wait until it's too late.
2: Yeah, definitely do the drills too. One of the bullets says to run exercises and drill your emergency plan. your repair to respond quickly, but it's just like the same thing with the backups. You got to drill your backup plan. You got to drill what happens in a ransomware attack. Have you done a ransomware simulation to see what happens? How does that impact you? How does that impact your work? How does that impact your employees? Have you ever done what's called an incident response tabletop exercise and go through your incident response plan and your disaster recovery plan? All these things go back to policies. And if -hmm. you don't have policies for all these things, well, guess what? You need to start, (laughs) you need to start somewhere, right? So you need to start writing the policies and then you need to adapt the policy to the controls and, you know, tailor them to your environment so that it's not a matter of this, this will happen to you. One day this will happen. You mm-hmm. have to do the preparation now because if you don't do anything and you just ignore it, the pain level is going to be so high. Yeah. And yeah. I've talked about this before. Sadly, for businesses that go through the stats are millions of dollars, and the damages most small businesses can't afford. So they just go mm-hmm. out of business. And I'm yeah. not saying that to be a fear monger. I'm saying that's the reality no, of the world. It's that just reality. In right You're now. just
3: telling the truth. Like these threats are escalating, guys. They're not getting any lesser. They're escalating. And yeah. as the equipment and the technology and the science behind computing gets more advanced, the threat level increases in tandem and sometimes even exponentially. And before we close, Craig, maybe you can give a a, a tidbit of advice to people because one of the things I'm seeing as a theme here in this CISA report is a major problem with hackers' exploiting mail forwarding rules. And you don't hear much about that, but this is very, CISA seems to be really drilling this as a problem. And they're saying that sometimes they even recommend turning forwarding rules off because they're getting access to the forwarding and they're forwarding your emails on their own. So what advice would you give people in that regard?
2: Yeah, I remember that, maybe may remember an incident where we were hired to do forensics for what's called business email compromise, BEC. So what happened was the victim, it was a business, And they were breached by a phishing email. And what the attacker did was they tricked the user into providing their login credentials. In this case, it was to Google G Suite. And they set up a a page that looked like it came from Google. They tricked the user into logging in. They It was not real. So they gave their credentials to the bad actor. It did not throw any red alarms or anything. The bad actors came in. They set up forwarding rules in the Gmail account in the G Suite to forward all the communications to them, to their email. So they were reading all the emails for for a period of months of time, and that's Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. So there's forwarding rules that are on all different systems, Microsoft Office 365, Google G Suite, et cetera. So you have to, number one, obviously, make sure MFA is enabled so that people can't, if they trick you to give over your credentials, at least you have the MFA layer. But it goes back to training. Obviously, train and test yourself and your staff and go through the drills of training and attestation and certificates of completion. But the forwarding rules will allow anyone that successfully authenticates to send and spy on all your email communications and this could be done on just your email or whoever could spider out into the rest of the company and before that's how these bad actors gather all this information and treasure trove of intellectual property and it becomes a nightmare yeah
1: out of curiosity when that happens is that gonna be in a send receive folder or in the sent folder like would that
2: not necessarily. So rules could be set to cover tracks. And in this case, they were set to cover their tracks. No, it wouldn't be in the sent. It basically was at a higher level where any mails that were coming in were uh, immediately forwarded to another address, but they weren't in the sent folder because it wasn't really a sent email from that user.
1: Oh, they, wow.
3: Yeah. That's what CISO is saying here too, that they're using forwarding mail forward rule creation to send your emails, especially with certain keywords, like financial keywords and stuff. yeah, And that they're, they, it says here that they're forwarding messages received by the users, specifically messages with certain phishing-related keywords to the legitimate user's really simple syndication RSS feeds or rss subscriptions folder in an effort to prevent warnings from being seen by the legitimate users well,
2: and this is why it's important to use encrypted email too if you're if you've got vendors that you do business with and maybe you have to do wire transfers or move money and stuff like that you can set what's called trusted circles so that bad actors they can't they know that's another layer of security right it's like a another force field so to speak but they're not going to get in through that e- that with a phishing email. So you have a trusted circle of only your vendors and then only those communications go back and forth. And then you also have the encryption layer that further protects you. So it's just it's all about the layers.
3: Yep. It's about the layers and knowing, like that old saying that Socrates said, know thyself. And it really relates to cybersecurity. Know thy network. (laughs) Establish (laughs) your baseline. Because unless you can measure something, improve upon it. If you don't know, if I want to lose weight, I need to know where I'm at today so that I can set my goals. So know your network, like just with, just know your network and then start to improve upon it, but establish your baseline.
1: Yeah, knowledge is power and I keep it truly thinking, is,
3: yeah. It's when we actionable talk about, intelligence. Knowledge is actionable intelligence. And that's where you can actually create change with it.
1: Yeah, and I keep thinking going back to the layers, and it just I keep thinking of a fortress, right? Like a castle. One thing to think about if you only have one layer, let's say you have a moat around your your castle, but you don't have any military or army to back it up if, if somebody gets past that moat they're going to be able to you have that moat and you have a tall wall and you have an army and you have cannons all these mm-hmm. extra layers even if they do get past like the first layer or whatever you're going to have backup so it's important to think about what could happen and then find a solution to whatever could happen that's,
2: that's why those drills are, and exercises are yes. so important that i was saying like with the incident response and the disaster recovery the tabletop exercises because you have to think about it and you don't just do it one time you do it from different perspectives and yes. scenarios so you assume okay so let's say you're using microsoft and you're using microsoft OneDrive, for example and maybe you use that for business and that comes with office 365 okay that's great but did you know that microsoft does not they're not responsible for data did you know that OneDrive is not backing you up? A lot of people don't know that. A lot of, pro- and it's not just Microsoft. All the big providers typically hold themselves harmless in their terms and conditions, where they say, "Look, we're not responsible for your data. That's on you." How many listeners out there are using Microsoft or Google or Amazon or different or different products that are out there off the shelf, but then assuming in their brain, "Oh, that big company is backing up." No, you have to take that upon yourself. And if you're not taking those layers upon yourself, when they get hacked, because they do, the big ones get hacked too. It's not just a lot of the big myth was only the big ones get hacked. That's not true. But my point is that assume the worst and go through that exercise. Assume that Microsoft's hacked. Assumes you can't log in. What do you do? How do you get your data? What, What other redundancies do you have in place? And then you have to assume that, okay, I have this extra redundancy, I'm going to use this system. to back. Then you have to keep doing that in your company and keep checking all these different layers, like Aaron was saying with the moat and the cannons and all these different layers. Try to find those single points of failure and eliminate them.
1: Yeah. And also, I think, what is that one overlay, the Microsoft Office High, G? what is it? The GCC G- High. high. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another thing that I thought was really Noteworthy about that, people are are doing that for CMMC, NIST, FARS, all that. But don't they? Not, they don't even encrypt anything, do they? Like, it's well, an- GCC
2: High does have encryption. It's not the the most strong end to end encryption, but it That's does leverage it encryption. Is. But there's limitations to the GCC High platform. Where if you're not part of the ecosystem, it doesn't work. So like both sides have to be part of the ecosystem, and the, the usability or the workflow may or may not work for certain companies because that's a pretty tight loop there mm, yes. there's there's always a tool for the the right tool for the job so to speak in my opinion gcc high is an expensive solution for most companies for really large companies so maybe it's a good fit but for anybody dealing with sensitive information you cannot use any kind of commercial product unless it's been security hardened specifically and that is. Amazon's world and Google's world, everything. If you're not using, like Amazon has GovCloud, you have to use GovCloud if you're dealing with sensitive, in this case, CMMC, CUI information. You can't use just regular Amazon. You have to use the GovCloud platform. And it's the same with Microsoft. GCC High is their hardened, more secure offering. The commercial products like Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Office 365 commercial, those are not compliant. So a lot of people don't know that either. And then guess what? There's no migration path. So you got to build an architect, a whole new solution in that more secure environment.
3: Yeah. And and along those lines, if you're out there and you feel lost in a sea of all this, it's a lot of stuff. A good starting point just might be a a pen test because then when you do a pen test, that's invaluable information Mm -hmm. because you're literally engaging people that have the same level of expertise, if not higher than the bad guys that can poke around in your network and your devices and see what they uncover, because then it's, it's a lot, it's just a, it's just a lot more fruitful if you know your vulnerabilities and you can patch them before someone else finds them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think
1: that's a, maybe we can get more into that. Like tomorrow, I think that would be a great topic because I think a lot of people don't necessarily see the value in a pen test or an assessment. Yeah. And again, we've done about- pen
3: tests against, we won't name any names, obviously, but like, very large financial institutions that have a big presence, all right, in a certain geographical area and lots of like pages and pages and pages of vulnerabilities that we discovered. And when this, this is like high tech equipment, like huge IT department, a whole cyber department and like pages of vulnerabilities we delivered to them. So this is the state of things. And it's just, there's no price tag that you can put on proper preparation. But to end on a good note, this is a lot of stuff and it's a lot to worry about. The bright side is that anything you go through that's difficult can yield really good positive outcomes. You hear lots of people talking about the rise of AI and this metaverse and virtual reality. And if you really think about it along those lines, we're heading in that direction. The cyber realm is their space, right? And so doing your due diligence to take your your area of cyberspace seriously and secure it, I, I would assume that when you form that shield, if you tighten that shield enough and harden your security enough, eventually that shield might look more like a spark from the distance. And you might position yourself in a very good way. So it's just a really good idea to take cybersecurity seriously now, because it's not just you that depends on the security of your network.
1: Well, yeah. And speaking to of the pen tests and the assessment and things like that, and you're saying you can't put a price tag on it, but also going back to what I was saying before, if you do a pen test, like, Contacting a cybersecurity specialist before you you implement a whole bunch of of things that are incorrect. It's the same thing with this an assessment. It's just like going to the doctor and getting a physical before you have something uh, before you come up with a solution, right? Because you don't necessarily know what's wrong until you get an overview yeah. of everything and knowing where your vulnerabilities are. That that's a great place to start. So if you don't know, what's the first step in the scientific process? Is identifying The problem, right? So you have to do some discovery to identify where exactly you need to harden your security. I think that's also important. And that's something that people miss a lot.
3: And, And I think even before step one, this is my last comment, even before step one of that scientific process of identify the problem, I'd say there's a step zero. And that's just observe. Like for how many years have we been using the internet? And we've really not paid it any attention from a perspective of hygiene and keeping it in a good state, in a pristine state. So now it's time to really observe, turn around and look into your network, the background of your network and observe it and start to pay attention to it and establish your baseline and have a starting point. But we really need to start paying attention to these topics. They've been under the rug and on the back burner for too long. And it's part of the reason why we're in this situation.
2: Yeah. One of the last things I'll say before we end for the day is sometimes I'll get customers or potential prospects that tell me, well, Craig, I've been running my business for 25 years and I've never, that's the biggest myth in the book too. The, the reality is you probably were hacked. You just don't know that you've yeah. been hacked and you don't know because not, listen, not all hackers do damage or reveal themselves. They don't right. always throw a red flag and show you, oh, look, you've been hacked. We dropped ransomware. Some hackers are looking to steal data. They could have stole the data years ago. You could have been breached several times over. You can still be breached. And if you don't have the technology and the expertise in place at the human layer around people, process, and technology, you've already been pawned. You've already been hacked. Because the hackers are layered as
3: well. And they have, depending on the group or the individual you're dealing with, they have different priorities and different goals. And some of them want notoriety and want to do destruction. And some of them just want to be stealthy. They want to never be That's found right. out. They want you to never know what they did so they can come back again and again. And where you say you may, you've may you never been hacked, you just may be hacked so consistently that it just seems normal to you. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. So you yeah. have to observe your background and establish your baseline.
2: And, and if you've been hacked and you have been a victim of ransomware, there there is a high probability that you'll get hacked again because hackers do go back and see if there's been a change in security. Yeah. And we've been hired several times from customers that they called us for incident response to help them and then they don't listen to the recommendations and do nothing and they mm-hmm. just go about their business because they think it's too expensive or too intense for them. Yeah, uh,
3: hacked. Yeah. hey, with power comes responsibility, right? And the Internet is kind of like a sea of potential. But if you're not paying attention to it and taking care of it, it can quickly become a cesspool.
2: Yep.
1: And I'll leave on this. This is one of my all time favorite quotes. I think it's a good one. It's actually by Robert Mueller, the old head of the FBI. He says there are only two types of companies. And this is years ago that he said this. There's only two type of types of companies, those that have been hacked and those that will be. Even that is merging into one category. Yeah. Those that have been hacked and will be again.
3: Yeah. Yep. It's this. It's the state of things. But it's okay. It's, no, it's not It's not. Doesn't have to be a bad thing. We just know that now we have to increase our level of diligence and responsibility in regards to being users of the internet.
2: Yep. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tune in tomorrow for another episode. All right, guys.
1: All right. See you later. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cybersecurity and Compliance Podcast with Craig Petronella. For other episodes and more information, visit PetronellaTech.com. Also visit our other websites, ComplianceArmor.com and BlockchainSecurity.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening and stay secure.